From the food we eat, the air we breathe, the land we dwell, to the health of our body and mind and the well-being of all things in the universe. Unlock the science with Chula Radio Plus. Welcome to Unlock the Science. I'm Virada Salim. We in the modern developed societies are living in an unprecedented period that we can access varieties of food from all over the world, just only if we have money to buy them. Apart from globalization and modern transportation network that make the transport of food from one side of the globe to another possible, it was the major agricultural technology breakthrough of the Third Agricultural Revolution during mid-20th century, or commonly known as the Green Revolution, that was behind the current outstanding plenty. With the spreading and adoption of new farming technologies, such as cultivation of hybridized varieties of food crops, synthetic fertilizers and pesticides, irrigation expansion, and mechanization of farming practices. Most of the world have transformed from traditional low-yield agriculture to modernized high-productivity farming. The industrialization of agricultural production has led to significant increase of global cereal products, especially wheat and rice. Within the span of around two decades, a study in 1998 found that cereal production in developing nations more than doubled. Between the years 1961 and 1985, since then, the significant surplus of food production as a result of the Green Revolution has contributed to extensive poverty reduction and averted hunger for millions of people around the world. Nowadays, the world can produce up to 11 billion tons of food annually, according to the 2021 report on the state of food and agriculture. Of the Food and Agriculture Organization or FAO, this figure includes production of crops, livestock, fisheries, forestry, and aquaculture, and the production of food of non-agricultural origin, such as synthetic meat. Yet, these great achievements were built on quicksand, and right now, the foundation for the global food security that is based on technologies from the Green Revolution era. Has started to crumble. FAO's 2021 report on world food and agriculture disclosed that as of 2020, the world still failed to sufficiently feed almost 10% of the world's population, or almost 770 million people. It was a worsening trend, as it was only around 8.4% of human population that was undernourished in the year before. The situation is specifically dire in Africa and Asia, which are the first and the second region that have the highest level of the prevalence of undernourishment. FAO statistics in 2020 estimated that around 21% of people in Africa and 9% in Asia did not have access to sufficient sources of food. In addition, food production from industrialized farmlands all over the world. Is getting lower and lower, as a result of the stresses for modern farming practices to the environment, such as soil degradation, agrochemical contamination, and biodiversity collapse. 
Climate change is also another major factor that threatens global food security, as the steadily rising of global temperature is causing major shift on weather pattern globally, and contributing to more frequent and more devastating weather disasters, such as flood and drought, which affect global food production. A study by International Food Policy Research Institute. Which is an international agricultural research center based in Washington D.C., predicts that climate change will slow progress toward eliminating hunger, with an additional 78 million people facing chronic hunger in 2050, relative to a no climate change future, over half of them in Africa. Considering the current rate of population growth, FAO estimated. That there is a need to produce about 50% more food by 2050 in order to feed the increasing world population and overcome the shocks and stresses to the global food system from environmental degradation and climate crisis. It is clear that the technologies that once ignited the green revolution are no longer available tools to cope with these impending challenges. And the global food system needs another upgrade to ensure food security for all mankind. Some scientists have proposed the utilization of genetic modification technology to be the new driving force for the next agricultural revolution. They believe that this new technology will open up a new frontier for breeding better strains of genetically modified crops and livestock. In adapting to changing environment conditions, although the development of genetically modified organisms or GMOs could be seen as a hope to maintain global food security, there are many controversies regarding the use of this technology in agricultural improvement. Associate Professor Dr. Tesada Dendongboripan from Department of Biology, Faculty of Science, j u l a l o n g o n University. Talks to unlock the science reporter, Prat Ruti Wanarom, in explaining to us the science of GMOs, its potentials and its risks to agriculture, environment, and our health. People often feel concerned when talking about GMO. What actually is GMO? Now, um, most of people know about the word GMO, but they don't really know what is the meaning of the GMO. Well, if we talk, we talk about the full name of this is genetically modified organisms, means that any kind of organism, plants, animals, microorganism, and also um, fungi, all of organism can be modified, but um, it's not happen by nature. It's made in lab. Um, the scientists, researchers, uh, we know about the genetics of organism. We know how to manipulate it. We know how to cut and to uh, join the genes together. And actually, this kind of technology is not that new. We we look back about um, 30, 30 years ago at at least, or perhaps about 40s. But um, for normal people, for lay people, they still think that GMO is something quite high technology. Something mm-hmm. that happened in the Future or in the science movie, at, but actually we have done that a lot. Mm. And um, for example, when we talk about any kind of uh, fermenter 
uh, fermented products like soy sauce, um, cheese. Actually, we use a kind of microbes that we try to manipulate the DNA or genes for a long time. And then we have products mm. that benefits from this kind of technology. So what I just want to say is just a kind of technology that you can manipulate. You can change the genomes, the genetics of any organism that you want to. How this technology is used uh, for human benefit? Well, um, when we have new methods, new technologies, like what I just said, that we learn how to um, study the genome, study the genes of that particular organism that we, we like, and then we learn, oh, we can cut some part out and put something new inside. So that's the way we start to make this kind of technology to be a benefit for humans. Uh, I think the, the, the first things and it's a historic thing is about the way we made insulin. Mm. People would have a problem with the disease, uh, the diabetes, would have problem with the amount of insulin in the body. And before that, we need to extract the insulin from pigs and inject it to the patients. But then we learned that actually we can cut the gene that can produce the insulin and then put this kind of gene into microbes like bacteria. And we grow the bacteria in the chamber, what we call fermenter. And then we have lots of insulin. Without really, harming pigs. Without, no, we don't have wow. to kill the pig at all. And that's 30 years ago, almost. And is that actually harmful to, to our health? That's a big question. Well, it, it was a big question about that, like 20 years ago or even about 10 years ago. But for me, it's not that harmful at all. It, I mean, it's like um, when you think about any technology in the world that human produced or invented, something like knife. Mm -hmm. You have a knife. A knife is a metal, very sharp. And we can use it in very profound ways. You can cut anything. You can use it. Well, history of human need a knife. But then people know that, oh, it can kill people. It can kill people. So everything has the leaks. You can use it as the benefiting, that's a good thing. But also you have a kind of risk to have something harmful. So any technology has something like that. When we talk about the biotechnology, any kind of biotechnology, when you, when you, you grow microbes, people say, oh, wow, we have a lot of microbes. They might harm for us. Well, we can control it. We can make it more safety. Also, the same as GMO. It depends on how we use it. So I, I, I will answer you that. Well, I cannot guarantee that it's 100% unharmed. Mm -hmm. But it depends on the way we use it. And right now, uh, the world is facing many challenges uh, to feed the world. Do you think GMO can help solve the world hunger? That's a very, very big challenge for um, not just for Thailand. That's a, like a, a country would have a, a kind of a, a culture trend to do, but also the country, all countries around the world to think about that. Uh, we have many countries around the world that still be in um, poverty, like um, don't have enough food to eat. Um, some said, "Oh, we grow we grow a lot of fruits around." Well, you just try to carry all the food and give to them. And that's, that's enough. 
but it's not that true mm-hmm. because logistics is not that easy. So the way to kill the disease of poverty is to have enough food for all people. If, when we think about GMOs, especially the plants, GMO crops, something like that, we have a tool that do something that the nature cannot do. For example, if you want to have plants that can protect itself from insects, you can just manipulate that genome, and that's the way the nature cannot do for us. We have a kind of um, best example in Philippines. Philippines, the country that is not good for, for any agriculture, it area to grow any plants, especially to the corns, is quite small compared to Thailand. There used to be a country that import corns. Uh, uh, the, the the reason for that is they change the way they grow corns from normal to the GM one. They use quite the same amount of area, but have higher produ- productivity of the corns. Thailand also faced a lot of challenge, especially from climate change. Do you think that the GM technology can help mitigate this problem? Um, that was something we need to try, you yeah. know. But the problem of using GMO in Thailand or in any countries, the regulation after that for GMO that's a profit because people are afraid of it. So you might need one year to do it in the lab. And then you may have to use about well, well, four, five, or almost ten years for the regulation mm. to approve it before growing it. But okay, um, I I would say that normally any kind of problem that we that we have to uh, face now about agriculture almost solved by this kind of technology. That is unlock the science reporter Prat Ruti Wanarom. Talks to Associate Professor Dr. Jesada Dendungboripan of Faculty of Science, Jualungon University. We will take a short break now. You are listening to Unlock the Science on Chula Radio Plus. A study published in journal Nature Food in 2021 found that genetically modified OGM maize for direct human consumption improved yields by 8% on average. The productivity increase may seem small, but the researchers of this study claimed that this strain of GM maize was improved to tolerate harsh arid condition, which provides them with great climate adaptation edge. This is especially needed as climate change is expected to make many parts of the world too arid for conventional food crops. On the other hand, various medical studies suggested. The consumption of GM foods may link to increase of hypersensitivity and allergies in human. Due to the ongoing debates on risks and benefits of GMOs, and strong public concerns about the safety of this kind of food, GM technology in agriculture and food production is still not fully accepted in many countries. According to FAO statistics, as of 2019. Around 68% of the countries in the world have fully embraced GMOs as food for people's consumption, while the rest either only allow GMOs for research purposes or ban them entirely. Thailand is a country that only allows GMOs for research, but not for commercial production. However, the Foundation for Consumers, a non-profit organization working to protect Thai consumers, 
revealed that various kinds of GMO products have already been available in Thailand's markets, especially food products imported from overseas. As Thailand is a country that could encounter very high risks from climate change, which could severely impact its vital agricultural sector, there have been stronger calls from business sector, urging the liberalization of commercial production and distribution of GM food. However, Ginkor Narin Taraku Nayutia, deputy director of BioThai Foundation. Another non-profit organization working to promote community rights and biodiversity thinks otherwise. Unlock the Science reporter Prat Rutiwanarom talks to her about her concerns about GMOs and to hear her suggested solutions to the world hunger in the age of climate change. It is apparent that our food security is jeopardizing with the looming climate crisis. And it said that GMO technology has been presented as the solution to secure food security. Do you agree that GMO can make our food system more secure? Actually, I think I I would I would like to to answer this question with questions. First, mm-hmm. who is presenting this solution? Who is benefiting from this solution? But I may come back to this issue later. Yeah. But when we see the fact that the GE crop, the GMO crop, has developed, it was developed in order to resist pesticides or herbicides that use in the crops. So it's not aimed at increasing yield, actually. They are not engineered to increasing yield or face climate-related challenges to growth, such as drought, torrents. So it used for production of animal feed and ethanol mainly. So this is a kind of mismatch, the solution. If say very simply that we are going to increase the yield by developing the GM crops, more expanding the GM crop, it's not that purpose of, of the very beginning of, of GM, GMO technology. So this is wrong. And what are the adverse impact of the uh, GMO? So actually, it's designed, this, this technology designed to resist the pest, kind of pest resistant. But at the same time, they're decreasing the effectiveness of, of crops to, how to say, to, to, to most use of organic pesticide. Like it could be the alternative technology that we, we, need, to, we need to look for. And also not, not really limited use of water. So we, we are facing the water scarcity. We are facing the soil degradation. We are facing the, the very drought issue. So this is, this, this GMO crops doesn't, was, it, was not designed to meet the effectiveness of pantropic. So actually they create uh, soil degradation, water pollution, pollinators lost, so this is a major ex- externalities that we are already facing under the industrialized agriculture that been promoted for more than 1,500 years. So it actually intensified the environmental impact of food production. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it create more problem rather than solve the problem. Why? So why why do you think GMO crops are bad for farmers too? So this is really clear. 
this this answer back to the question that I I, I started with uh, who produced who proposed this solution so the GMO GMO crops decided to we call the um, the technology locked in and it's supposed to be patented plants that the farmers has to pay every crops to buy the seeds. They could not save seed by themselves. The second generation GMOs do not give good results. So farmers have to pay expensive royalties every, every, every crop that they, they, they plant. And they can be easily get sued when the, um, the seeds grow by wind or whatsoever, contaminate in their farm. They didn't Intended to, they didn't intend to to plant that GM crop, but it's contaminated by wind by, by nature, so they can get sued by company. It could be, you know, threatened to the small scale farmers' livelihood. And if not GMOs, what are the alternative approach to safeguard food security? So as I said before, the industrial agriculture is isn't an answer. We need to accept that. That is the one cause of the big problem that we are facing in terms of food production, in terms of climate crisis. And we need to start changing our mindset. Mm-hmm. So we are, we are facing a, a real challenges, resource scarcity, increasing population, decreasing land, degradation, soil degradation, water scarcity. So, so all of that. So we, we need to redirect what we are promoting now. We, we call the uh, we we say the agroecology. The agroecology is is a traditional way of using farming method that less resource use or more effective resource use work in harmony with society and benefit to the a wider, broader, uh, small scale producer. The scientific evidence show that small scale farmer feed the world. So that's two things. We need to promote the way of producing, working more with ecology, working more with nature. And also we need to promote this and support the roles of small-scale farmers. So this is, this is what we, we have to pay attention to and promote. And with the increasing impact of climate change, how do you think we, sh- we can uh, secure our food security in the future? So we, I think we have been uh, told we have been mistaken or misunderstood that a big, massive production can serve us. So let's say in 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 situation nowadays, we have produced food three times more than we consume. So when we when we say that there's a lot of uh, one around almost what eight hundred million people are in in hunger situation. It doesn't mean that they, they, we didn't produce enough. Actually, we produce quite a lot and we, we uh, create a lot of food waste. Food waste, is one third of we produce has been going, you know, dumb or wasted. So the problem is about food distribution. The problem is about we didn't support uh, decentralization of food production, let's say. Okay. So we, 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 if we are more monopolizing, in terms of technology, like promoted by the big company promoting GMO crops or high technology whatsoever. And then it's become very centralizing food production. 
and the centralizing food production also resulting in centralizing food distribution. So that means the food distribution is not food is not distributed in a way that fair, and everyone could get access to good quality of food. As Associate Professor Jessada said, GM technology is a useful scientific tool that could help us tackle the exacerbating world hunger by enhancing living organisms with genetic alteration with the genes from other living beings. However, Gingon insisted that GM technology is closely associated with big food companies and agro-industry. Not just the environmental harms from GM crop farming, promoting GMOs will only give these agricultural conglomerates more power over our food production, worsening inequalities and affecting smallholder farmers who are the true backbone of our food system. The real challenge for us is how we can wisely apply the GM technology to truly and safely benefit the noble intention to secure global food security and environmental justice at the same time. Unlock the Science would like to thank Associate Professor Dr. Tessada Denduong Baripan of Faculty of Science, Jualalongkorn University, and Gingon Narin Tarakun Ayutthaya of Biotai Foundation for their valuable insights on GM technology and how to ensure the world's food security. I hope you enjoy our program. You can listen to Unlock the Science on July Radio Plus at FM 101.5 every Saturday from 1 p.m. to 1.30 p.m. You can also listen and follow us on our website, curadio.jula.ac.th, and our Facebook page. Our program is also available as podcasts, including on Apple and Spotify. See you again next Saturday. Have a nice day. Unlock the Science is edited and produced by Sinfa Tunsorawood 